Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study every Sunday morning, and it is posted at the same time that we meet at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ for our Sunday morning Bible classes. But we know that not everybody can be with us in person, even from the Omaha area. And so we're thankful that we can teach God's Word on such a widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts to people not just in the Omaha area, not just in the Sunny Slope Church of Christ, but in other parts of the country and literally around the world. People want to be in God's Word, and so we're thankful that we can help people along that line by teaching God's Word through these podcasts. We're thankful you're there. We're thankful we're here with you. We encourage you to take these lessons and share them with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. You may help somebody come closer to God. You may help somebody turn their life around. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. And that'll be a great blessing, not only for them, but also for you. Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17 help somebody grow in their faith by sharing these lessons with them from God's Word. Now, we encourage you also to tell them to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. And when they do, they will receive a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a Monday through Friday daily radio program called Search the Scriptures, and a seven-day-a-week short Bible study that we call today's Bible class. Only about 13 or 14 minutes each day, generally speaking, but it's there every day, keeping us in God's Word. And again, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So, Tell everybody you can and take advantage of it yourself. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Judges, and we have gotten well into the section of that study that has to do with one of the judges God raised up for Israel, and his name was Samson. Oh, yes, Samson. And so he has been an intriguing figure in the mind of lots of lots of people uh, who have been Bible students to one degree or another, at least know enough about God's Word that they recognize that name. They recognize that Samson was a man of extraordinary physical strength, in fact, supernatural strength, I believe we can understand. And there is a great deal of the book of Judges, when you think about it, that gives its attention to this particular judge. And a judge was, was a man whom was, well, was someone whom God raised up to be a leader for either Israel or a section of Israel to lead, that, that, to lead his or her people uh, into victory against their enemies and deliverance from bondage by those enemies. So, Actually, we begin with chapter 13 in the account of Samson, and we're going to, we've already been through chapters 13, 14, and 15. We're going to pick up with chapter 16 now, and that takes us uh, through, I believe, through the, the rest of the account that is laid out for us in the book of Judges of Samson. So think about that, 13, 14, 15, and now chapter 16. 
And here's where we really get into Samson's uh, encounter and relationship with Delilah and how she, you know, used her influence upon him through her beauty and sexual allurement and so on. And, And Samson's weakness from a sexual perspective to actually deliver him into the hands of the enemies, but ultimately God would still bless him with the strength to destroy a great many of those enemies after his blindness that that resulted from his giving in to Delilah. Well, we'll look at that in detail. <clears throat> we need to stop and think, though. Here is a beautiful young woman. Now, she is not the woman that Samson wanted. Remember, going back to to chapter 14, Samson told his parents that he wanted a particular Philistine woman as a wife. And that was something that, you know, was not supposed to happen. The, the, the Israelite people were not supposed to intermarry with Gentiles who worshiped idols. But he wanted her. His parents tried to reason with him against that, but he insisted Now, this is a a man whom God was raising up to be a judge, a man upon whom God blessed with, again, supernatural strength. And he would defeat a great many of the Philistine enemies of his people uh, and and would go on doing that. But but he he had a weakness when it came to his sexual desires. And so he wanted this woman. He was allured by her beauty. Uh, perhaps he had spoken with her and was further taken in by, you know, their conversations together. And so he wanted her as his wife. Well, we remember that did not work out. Ultimately, his parents did work to arrange that marriage, but something happened along the way. We read about that in some detail. And, and so it turned out that her father gave her to another man. And ultimately, she and her father were executed by their own countrymen. But now here's Samson. He, and, and, and as a result of that, he burned up a lot of the crops of the Philistines. And he also killed 30 Philistine men and gave their garments to some other Philistine men who had, who had tricked him by threatening his wife-to-be to tell them the answer to a riddle that Samson had posed before them and told them, if you can answer this riddle, then I'll give you all of you, 30 of you, I'll give you new garments. And these would have been expensive garments, I believe, were to understand. And when it came to the point where they were not able to give answer to the riddle in the prescribed period of time, and it was a matter of days, then they threatened the woman that Samson was about to marry with the life of herself and her father if she would not get the answer from Samson and tell it to them. She did exactly that. Samson recognized how they got the answer and he left, and again, he you know, brought judgment upon them uh, through the lives of these 30 men. And ultimately, when it came time that, that he wanted to take his wife, then his, her father said, I thought you didn't, didn't like her anymore, so I gave her to another man. And Samson burned up many of the crops of the Philistines after, after that. Now, we come to chapter 16. 
So Samson is basically undefeatable from a physical perspective, even a military perspective. Remember in chapter 15 that there were, there were a multitude of Philistine soldiers who went up against him. And, and, and you know, they were threatening a partic- the, men of a, the, Jew- the Israelite men of a particular city. Uh, and and 3,000 men of Judah, they went to take Samson and deliver him over to the Philistine army. And so Samson allowed them to take him, and they bound him with a rope, and they thought he was secure by so doing. And once they had delivered him into the hands of the Philistine armies, then Samson broke the bonds, the strength of God came upon him, and he slew, he slew with the jawbone of a donkey, the jawbone of a donkey, he killed a thousand Philistine soldiers. So he was basically militarily and physically undefeatable by the Philistine army. Killed a thousand with no weapon other than the jawbone of a donkey. So we come to chapter 16. He is a thorn in the side of the Philistines. And yet, at the same time, I think we could look and say, you know, it doesn't look like he was really, like he was really being the judge, the leader, the deliverer that God was raising him up to be. Now, he did strike the Philistines repeatedly, caused them problems, but it was not like he led an army of the Israelites, such as we read about Gideon, to defeat and then drive out the Philistines. In the case of Gideon, different nationality, a different, a different, you know, army from a different country. But, but he he kept inflicting damage upon the Philistines, but never that, you know, leading that army and defeating them as a nation, as an army, and driving them out of the land. So we pick up with verse 1 of chapter 16. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. When the Gazites were told, Samson has come here, they surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, in the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. So they thought they had him at this particular time. Uh, And Samson lay low. Now, this would have been, again, one of the Philistine cities. Samson, again, Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gate posts pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders, and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Apparently, he knew that the that these men had surrounded the house where he was. And so he laid low till midnight, then he, did, he you know, did his thing. Afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of, of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. So this was another woman. So here's Delilah. She comes onto the scene. And God, uh, or rather, uh, the devil's going to use her. I think we can understand that. The devil uses a lot of people to lead faithful, godly people, or at least people trying to live a godly life, a faithful life, uh, away from God, or to bring about their destruction, lead them into sin. So here's Delilah. So in verse 5, 
the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said to her, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So here are the lords of the Philistines, the leaders of the Philistine peoples, and they make it, they're trying to make a deal with Delilah, whom, whom Samson has fallen in love with, at least from a physical, sexual perspective. And so they, they, they bribe her, say, hey, find out what the secret to his strength is, and each one of us, each one of us lords of the Philistines will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So she was basically going to become wealthy if she followed through with their plan. So Delilah said to Samson, and we're to understand the transition from verse 5 to verse 6 is that she <laughs> agreed to the plan. She was going to be the temptress. She was going to be the betrayer of Samson. So Delilah, Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, if they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Now, that was a lie. That was not the truth. But Samson was trying to uh, you know, appease her. He was not going to tell her, at least at this point, what was the secret of his strength. And it's interesting, you know, here is a woman that the text in verse 4 says that he loved and that maybe led him to believe that she loved him, and yet she was going to betray him for money. Whenever materialism or finances become more powerful than a, a person's love for another person, well, then that, that person needs to walk away from that relationship because that's not real love. Now, they might say, oh, I love you, but no, no, forget the but. Your love for money or materialism or some position of prestige or power or authority is far, more, is far stronger than your supposed love for me. So this relationship is over. We need to be wise we need to open our eyes, and we need to always be asking God for his wisdom and his direction and guidance in our lives. So Delilah has posed to Samson, tell me what the secret of your strength is. So he says, hey, if anyone would bind me with seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, I'm going to become weak like any other man. So the lords of the Philistines brought up to her seven fresh bowstrings not yet dried, and she bound him with them. Now, when they were lying in wait, so here are the Philistine soldiers. They're on the <clears throat> outside of her home, and they're, they're poised. They're ready to take Samson. So now, they were, now the men were lying in wait, stay, uh, you know, staying with her in the, in the room. And she said to him, and so apparently some of them at least have come in, so they're going to be right there when... He, she wakes him up and, 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 you know, he's as weak as any other man, as he's told her that he would be, then they're going to fall upon him and take him as prisoner. So the, when now men were lying in wait, staying with her in the room, and she said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke the bowstrings as a strand of yarn breaks when it touches fire. In other words, <laughs> 
they were no impediment to him whatsoever. They had no effect upon him whatsoever. So the secrets of his strength was not known. Then Delilah said to Samson, look, you have mocked me and told me lies. Now please tell me what you may, what you may be bound with. So he said to her, if they bind me secret, uh, securely with new ropes that have never been used, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. Do you suppose she is, she is seducing him sexually and trying to bring him to a point of, of emotional weakness, maybe even using, you know, uh, alcoholic beverage to, to break his inhibitions and everything. But however we don't understand that she's really working on him, she's certainly using, she's certainly using the false claims of affection for him, at the very least, if not telling him that she loves him. She's, she's not being straight with him. She's being deceitful perhaps outright lying. So now he says, well, if you bind me, if I'm bound with new weak, new ropes, then I'll become weak like any other man. In verse 12, therefore Delilah took new ropes and bound him with them and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. And men were lying in wait, staying in the room, apparently hidden from him. Maybe again, he had been sleeping. You know, maybe he had passed out from drinking. We don't know, but there were Philistines in the room waiting. And so she says, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he broke them off his arms like a thread. In other words, they were no impediment to his physical strength. They had no effect on him whatsoever. Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. We have to wonder did Samson not recognize that she was deceiving him? Did Samson not recognize that she was lying to him, basically, or at least working through a deceptive process of trying to make him vulnerable? Did he not, when he would wake up and break those, those supposed bindings that she had bound him with, did he not see the Philistines lying in wait in the room to take him? to put him into custody, to take him prisoner? Did he not see them? And yet he kept coming back to her, or it kept being with her, kept being, you know, giving in to her seduction, I suppose we could say, or maybe his, you know, just outright <laughs> indefensible from his part love for her or attraction to her. He was really taken in by her. And he kept putting himself into potentially vulnerable situations with her. So, verse 13, Delilah said to Samson, until now you have mocked me and told me lies. Tell me what you may be bound with. And he said to her, if you weave the seven locks of my head into the web of the loom. So she wove it tightly with the batten of the loom and said to him, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. But he awoke from his sleep and pulled out the batten and the web from the loom. In other words, again, he, had, he, he was faced with no effect from what he told her to do to him. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? So apparently she has again been playing on his emotions, apparently telling him that she loves him. 
He keeps telling her that he loves her. And so now she appeals to him from a purely emotional perspective. How can you tell me you love me? How can you say I love you when your heart is not with me? You've lied to me three times now. You have mocked me these three times and have not told me where your great strength lies. Shouldn't he have wised up by this time? Don't you think? And it came to pass, verse 16, when she pestered him daily with her words. So he apparently is staying with her, putting himself into a very vulnerable setting, but also a very vulnerable emotional situation. So she pressed him so that his soul was vexed to death. Interesting, interesting. His soul was vexed, was vexed to death. Huh. He began to be weak, in other words. She was weakening him, breaking him down. It seems like on a rather gradual basis, but it's working. So that he told her all his heart and said to her, no razor has ever come upon my head. For I have seen, uh, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. <clears throat> if I am shaven, then my strength will leave me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. And she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him, and his strength left him. How deceptive. How fraudulent. What a lie was Delilah in relationship to Samson. What a betrayer. And that ought to be a lesson for us today in our lives. Verse 20, she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he woke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Well, he had betrayed the Lord a number of times in his relationship with Delilah and also in his relationship with the other Philistine woman who he wanted to marry in disregard for and in disobedience to God's command. So the Lord had departed from him, that strength, that special blessing from God. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Oh, how he was reduced. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, lowercase g, and this would have been an idol, and to rejoice. And they said, our god, this idol, who is nothing, but an image, a statue, a carving, whatever, but not God. It's nothing. It's just an inanimate object. 
Our God, they said, has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, this idol, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, and the one who multiplied our dead, because Samson had killed many Philistines. Verse 25, So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may perform before us. In other words, we're going to make a sport of him in public in that particular gathering. So they called for Samson from the prison, and and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. Now, then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now remember, he's blind. When the Philistines took him and he was helpless before them, they blinded him. They put out his eyes. So here's a lad who is leading him, and he says, you know, put me, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women, All the lords of the Philistines were there. All the lords of the Philistines. About 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. In other words, they're making a mockery of him like an animal, you know, tamed to entertain them. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O God that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. And his brothers and all his father's household came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtel in the tomb of his father Manoah. He had judged Israel 20 years. But what a disappointing judge he must have been. I would say to God and perhaps even to his own people. But in that last, that last act, he destroyed more Philistines than he had during his life. Judged Israel for 20 years. Well, we'll move on to chapter 17 next time. Let's pray. Father, help us learn from all of the accounts that you have had your penmen lay out for us in your scriptures. Accounts of real people, some of them of great faith and great spiritual strength and dedication to you. Others, not so much. Some disobedient, some disbelieving. Some, while they might have claimed to have faith in you, were weak in their faith. Help us to learn the lessons from all of these perspectives and make the proper applications to our lives. Help us to walk with you in faithful obedience.
dedication, commitment, love, and help us to bask in your love for us, Father, and to serve you all the days of our life so we can look forward to a home with you in heaven for all of eternity, Father. Praise, glory, and honor be to you through our lives before you. Please, Father, we pray. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.